Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So we on the verge of a trade war with our biggest and closest trading partner? And I mean, if so, is there anything we can do to, to mitigate the disaster that that would be? Things have become really weird between Canada and the U.S. in this uh, trading relationship. I mean, we knew things were going to get weird uh, with the protection as president. We knew there was the potential that things could get squirrely now that NAFTA was uh, on the table, reopened, and the possibility that uh, Trump was going to pull out of NAFTA altogether. So I think we need to keep fighting to save NAFTA. I think also certainly that involves uh, emphasizing our other trading relationships and making sure we get those deals in place, doing what we can to improve our own competitiveness. And in the meantime, it's been at least politically a united front. Canada's politicians, uh, political leaders, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder, more or less. Uh, you know, we're going to defend Canadian interests. Uh, we'll respond if, um, you know, if we're, we're being singled out and punished. But we're a, a small country compared to the U.S. We're a small economy compared to the uh, American economy. Is there a lot we can do? either to put pressure on the U.S. or try to insulate ourselves? And I guess the short answer is probably not. There has been a move afoot on, on social media to try to push the idea of buying Canadian. Let's boycott the U.S. Don't vacation in the United States. Don't buy American products. Uh, that if it's us versus them, let's make sure that we're sticking with us in every sense of the word. And I get the sentiment, but it seems unwise. And I think it could end up backfiring in some way. So I wanted to talk a bit more about the uh, potential downside of that approach and kind of get a sense of, of where we're at. Uh, someone who has uh, studied and uh, taught on uh, trade policy issues for a very long time joins us uh, on the line. Robert Wolf is a professor emeritus at Queen's University School of Public Policy with a focus uh, on trade-related issues. Professor Wolf, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I mean, I guess, first of all, how how worried should Canadians be? Are we right to be concerned about where this is all going? Oh, yes. I think any Canadian looking at what's going on in our trade relations with the United States should have a sinking feeling in the pit of their stomach. This is nothing I've seen in my lifetime. We haven't seen it really in a very long time, if ever, in our trade relations with the United States. It's very worrisome. What is? And, I mean, it just all seems so, so puzzling, so needless. I mean, how did we even get to this point? Um, you can see I'm slightly speechless. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know how we got to this situation. We have a U.S. president who wants to bring jobs back to the United States, who distrusts international agreements, who does not like any process where some agreement made with other countries might constrain the ability of the United States to do as it pleases. But it's, it's hard to understand 
because anybody who, under, who has analyzed NAFTA, who's analyzed Canada-U.S. trade relations, says it's a very balanced relationship. Both sides have done very well out of it. It works. It needs modernization, but it doesn't need rebalancing. It is not for the United States. It simply isn't the worst agreement ever negotiated. So it's kind of hard to understand how we got into this mess. So in the meantime, as we look at ways of, of responding to this, I, I guess we expect our governments to, to respond. If they're going to impose tariffs, we retaliate with tariffs. And I guess everybody kind of suffers in the process, don't they? Everybody does suffer. Uh, tariffs are a tax, uh, and they're, it's a tax that tends to be paid by the consumers of the country that is imposing the tax. The, the, uh, what we face now is the tariffs that the uh, Trump administration has imposed on steel and aluminum out of the blue, 25%, supposedly on national security grounds. That's probably spurious. It's probably a way to get us to, to uh, agree to unacceptable provisions in NAFTA. So it could be just a negotiating ploy. But in the meantime, there we are. Canadian producers are facing those tariffs, and it is having a big effect on uh, jobs in Canada, but it's also having a big effect on jobs in the United States. So both both countries are being hurt already by these tariffs. Obviously, individual consumers. I mean, they can they can choose to buy and shop wherever they want. If they don't want to travel to the U.S., they're free to make those decisions. Uh, but in terms of a, a concerted, organized, you know, boycott U.S. or buy Canadian campaign, what, what is the pitfalls or what are the pitfalls of that approach? Well, the, uh, at one level, the pitfall is that. Canadians as a whole would be sending a message to Americans as a whole that we're mad at all of them, and we're not. We have specific problems with their government uh, and particular actions of the government. The second pitfall is trying to figure out how your actions could make a difference. We have a trade relationship that's worth hundreds of billions of dollars a year. The individual purchasing decisions of individual Canadians are not necessarily going to be very well targeted to make a difference on those uh, trading relations. So what you really want to be doing as a Canadian is trying to think through how your action could uh, make a difference, could send a signal to people who are able to hear it and do something about it, uh, about Canadian displeasure with these tariffs. And that's where following the lead of the government makes most sense. Canada is in the process of finalizing a list of tariffs that we will impose in retaliation for the U.S. tariffs. Some of those have no connection to what individual people buy and sell. They're just they're raw steel, they're processed um, uh, sheet metal. They're, they're just not things that individuals can do anything about. But a lot of them will be. Orange juice from Florida, for example. When we impose a tariff on that, its price will go up. That's a signal to Canadians that you may not want to buy the thing whose price has just gone up, partly because of the price. And if Canadians really take the lead on those new higher prices because of the tariffs, we will be amplifying the signal that the government wants to send to people who we think are in a position to do something about Canadian displeasure. So those are the things, those are the things Canadians uh, should not be buying. But just willy-nilly, not buying things from the United States, uh, means, well, for example, we could be hurting our friends. Uh, there, are, there are parts of the United States where they support Canada already. There's no reason why we should be hurting them by not buying their products. 
Right. And I, I suppose in some ways, too, on, on a lot of a lot of different goods that our, our economies are so intertwined that it's it's not always easy to tell whether something was made in the U.S. Maybe part of it was made there. Maybe part of it was made here. Maybe it was, you know, a, a raw product that was, uh, you know, from from here and it was processed in the U.S. or, or vice versa. I mean, there, there's a lot of that, isn't there? Well, exactly. Uh, it's very difficult for the individual consumer to know which thing they want to buy. Uh, might be uh, from America, from the United States producer, might be mostly from the United States producer. Uh, the cars we buy, for example, you could say, well, I'm not going to buy a Ford product. Uh, well, no, I will buy a Ford product because that's made in Oakville. Well, no, if you're buying a Ford 150 pickup truck, that's made in the United States. If you want to buy a Honda Fit, nice, cheap little car, uh, that's made in Mexico. But the parts of both of those were made in all three countries. Yeah. So trying to disentangle uh, 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 the bits and pieces of what you, you buy every day and saying, I'm not going to buy that because it's American, for most of us and most of our daily lives, that would be really difficult. And there's a further dimension to this, and that's the risk of shooting ourselves in the foot. What we want to do uh, always is buy the highest quality product we can at the best possible price. If that's an American product, what are we doing to ourselves if we uh, either deny ourselves that product entirely or buy an inferior product? So I, I think there are real risks to us. There are real risks to the trading relationship with the United States if we, uh, if we go down this road. And, and if I can add one other aspect to this, people are calling it buy Canadian. And for me, that has uh, unfortunate resonance with what our neighbors call buy American. And when they say buy American, what they're really saying is don't buy Canadian. And our government is constantly trying to fight uh, buy Canadian laws in the United States yeah. because they hurt us. They hurt our producers. If Americans who are building a bridge say, well, we don't want the Canadian steel in our bridge. So I'm not sure we want to get into the business of saying buy Canadian if that legitimizes uh, them saying buy American. Yeah, that's a great point. Now you mentioned automobiles and and how uh, you know how intertwined that that whole industry is. I mean that that may be the next target for American tariffs, which could cause a lot of pain, could cause a lot of confusion. Uh, is is that the one to watch for next? Oh yes. Well, the one to watch for immediately is tariffs coming as soon as tomorrow on China, which could be uh, hugely disruptive to the American second biggest trading relationship after Canada. Uh, but if they impose a 25% tariff on automobile imports from Canada, then we really are talking about war. That would be devastating to, obviously, to the automobile industry in southwestern Ontario. But the, the, uh, the web of businesses that are engaged in the auto industry and the supply to the auto industry extends right across the country. So that would be a huge hit to the Canadian economy. I know part of our response is to shore up these other trading relationships we have to get the Trans-Pacific Partnership implemented. Uh, there's some news today regarding the Canada-Europe trade agreement, which I believe is already in force, although Italy's new government says that they, they may not ratify it. Is, is that worrying or is that uh, a little too late on their part? It's too late. It's irrelevant. The, for most of trade relations with Europe, the European Commission has the responsibility to negotiate and implement uh, trade agreements, and they have done that in the case of the agreement with Canada, the, the, the CETA. The one part of it that's not really in the competence of the Commission is the investor state dispute settlement rules. That part of the treaty has to be ratified by each individual state. 
So uh, I think roughly a dozen uh, members of the EU have now ratified the agreement. Italy saying that it's not going to ratify it because of um, the they don't think the rules on geographic indications on being able to call something Parma Ham or whatever. That's a very weak reason to say they're not going to ratify the agreement. It makes no difference to the 98% of the agreement that's now in force. And so if it takes a few years until Italy changes its, its mind, that makes no difference. And I think it's great news that uh, the minister has introduced implementing legislation for the, uh, the CPTPP, the deal with the uh, Asian countries. And uh, whether that gets put to a vote before the summer or waits till the fall, we don't know. But I think it's great that that's moving forward. Negotiators are in South America this week working on a deal with the Mercosur group of um, South American countries. So there are, there are alternatives, there are options for moving forward on our trade relations. Yes, indeed. Some important points. Uh, Professor Wolf, appreciate the insight. Uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here. You're most welcome. Thanks for calling. All right, that's Robert Wolf, Professor Emeritus, Queen's University School of Public Policy. So his thoughts on this trade dispute and this whole idea of buying Canadian. I mean, buy local, right? That's been a trend for a long time. And, uh, you know, some of it comes across sometimes as maybe a little pretentious or a little short-sighted. Sure, I get I mean, you know, local people making local things. It's it's nice and you know them and, you know, it's close to home or it's fresh or whatever the, the argument is. But, I mean, there's a lot of jobs uh, involved as well in uh, importing and exporting and shipping and, and all of these kinds of things. So... I don't know that not buying local is, you know, is traitorous behavior or anything along those lines. Now, with regard to the United States, our closest ally and trading partner, uh, how do we respond to these these trade tensions? Now, there was a poll recently, a poll conducted by Abacus Data between June 1st and 2nd, found that more than half uh, of respondents said they intend to avoid buying U.S. wines and cross-border shopping. So is that something you're considering? To avoid going to the U.S., avoid vacationing in the U.S.? I mean, shopping, cross-border shopping is a little trickier for, for us here. Uh, but, I mean, people do, do still go down, make that five-hour drive, uh, maybe for a shopping weekend. I think if nothing else, I mean, the Canadian dollar has been uh, not ideal for buying things in the United States. So there's, there's that. But I wonder, though, if you're making a deliberate effort or attempt to avoid your dollars going to the U.S. 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.